Hi, this is Chris from Cookie Lab. Jill and I are off discovering new and delightful cookie recipes from around the world. While we're gone, please enjoy this day-old episode from Season 1, Episode 19, featuring one of our favorite guests, Joyce, and her world's best peanut butter cookie recipe. Also, you'll find out the difference once again between ounces and fluid ounce measurements. I bet you can't wait. See you soon with new episodes. It's Cookie Lab. Hi and welcome to Cookie Lab. I'm Jill. And I'm Chris, and I'm so excited because not only are we revisiting a cookie recipe, not an exact recipe, but a cookie that we have made before, and we have a special guest. That's right. We're going to be talking about peanut butter cookies, and we have with us the maker of the world's best peanut butter cookies, (gasps) my mom, Joyce. Hi, Joyce. Hi, all. (laughs) Well, welcome to Cookie Lab. We're always excited to have a special guest, and... Jill has said that this is the best peanut butter cookie recipe ever, perhaps? Is that true? To my mind. To your mind. Okay. What makes it the best? Well, I'm sure there's nostalgia. You know, you you, you like the, the, the cookies of your childhood. and Joyce, do you remember uh, Jill ever helping you make these cookies? Well, I'll ask Jill, did you ever fork <laughs> the cookies? Ooh. Yeah, that might have been my job. They have a yeah. crosshatch pattern yes. with a fork and on top. When I made them this time for the first time in a good while, I wasn't pressing the fork down hard enough for my first batch, so I didn't get the crosshatch. So then I remembered I have to really press it down, and maybe the sides even come up a thicker around the edges, but gotta mm. gotta gotta press down with your fork. And I think you might have now, been in charge of that. But mom, when I made them this time. I was pressing with the fork and I felt like it was sticking, like the cookie was coming up with the fork. Yes, that's why I stopped pressing so hard, but it's okay if it comes up. Okay. It'll go back down. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So did you get hatch marks in yours? Yeah, but they they spread a little bit. I'm not sure if maybe we should have chilled. I don't know. That they taste I don't know. That great. happened to me. Look at my cookie here. I can see how it's squared. Yeah. Yeah, we know how we can we can stop the spread. One of the ways to do that is by refrigerating the dough before you uh you yeah, bake it. But that doesn't didn't say to do that though. No. So. No, it doesn't rem- say that. I don't remember cookie. ever doing that. And you've been making the cookies forever. Right. Yeah. No, and yeah. I didn't do that. But I I you have to refrigerate when i make the gingerbread cookies they have to be in the refrigerator for many hours right so mom where did this recipe come from originally well my mom used to make them i didn't ask her where she got the recipe okay so these are go back at at least to grandma k right so it's a three generation cookie right now right now until and it'll be four generations yeah when i bring summer a bag of them this afternoon yeah (laughs) fantastic and joyce where did your mom grow up where's she she from was born in newark new jersey so this is just a jersey girl (laughs) this is a a new jersey peanut butter recipe yeah hey jill do you have the recipe with you i just want to check to see how it's different first of all this recipe is so worth your time because it doesn't seem to have a ton of ingredients, but it produces five dozen cookies. 
which is that's yeah i i saw when i made it this time i i saw that i wrote makes five dozen cookies and it made five dozen plus three amazing that's incredible yeah but it doesn't have a ton of stuff it has two whole sticks of butter two sticks of butter so right there you've doubled what we've used in our other recipes oh boy all right so let's see if the flour is also doubled how much flour are you using it calls for two cups of flour but it says it's it specifies that they should be sifted oh sifted. so two cups after the sifting yes that you you know why you would do that to make it fluffier and i understand joyce that you don't have a sifter i do now Oh, you do now. I, I just got. I just went to Bed and Bath and got one after I made these. So, well, so she used it when I was a kid. She had a sifter, right? Oh, I I always sifted before. And one that you and it got you, rusty. You squeeze the handle. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, I love that. So I did a little research on the sifting. Yes. And it turns out that you don't have to sift your flour anymore. Oh, oh does it come pre-sifted? It comes pre-sifted. But doesn't it settle in the bag? Until about the 1980s, wheat milling techniques were not uniform. Mm. And flour was ground to inconsistent sizes, which led to clumping. And so sifting the flour helped make your recipe uh, consistent, your your measurement of flour. So you would sift the flour, and then you would put that sifted flour into your measuring cup. Or that's what you were supposed to do. A lot of people just took their measuring cup full of flour and sifted that. Right, but that wouldn't be accurate. Which doesn't really matter unless you're using a recipe where you have to fold in flour gently. Um, and that makes it easier to do that. But now why? I know this would be a digression, but why? what would be the purpose of folding flour in gently? If you're making a souffle or something like that, where you don't want to disturb the eggs or your other ingredients. Okay. You want to keep all that air in there um, and you just want to gently get that whatever you're putting uh, other things in so okay so bottom line joyce did not need to run out to bed bath and buy the sifter you yeah, didn't now i hear that uh now most commercial flour is refined and clump free meaning there's no real need to sift it well that is so much easier and i didn't sift it because i didn't have the sifter and jill suggested that i take a whisk and whisk it in, and i did that that's a perfect idea. That's an easy thing to do. <laughs> yeah, if your if your flour has been sitting for a long time, it can still clump. So a good thing to do is to whisk your flour. Well, yeah. can you return the sifter? How I do have another use for it, even though I'm not going to be sifting flour then. Powdered sugar, like sifting it onto uh, yeah. chocolate cake or something. Oh, yeah. Go yeah. on. Yeah. Oh, or yeah. your 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 finished pancakes. And it's a fun tool for the grandchildren to play with when they come over. Mm. Well, what would what would I put in it so that it's not a disaster? Oh no, you have to you have to have the disaster. That's oh. that, that's <laughs> that's part of the fun. That's part. That's a lot of the fun. All right. So um, also for our listeners, uh, if you want to sift and you don't have a sifter, another way to do it uh, without the whisk uh, is a uh, a sieve, a fine mesh sieve. Oh yeah, um, I have one of those. You can just you can just tap that. You put the flour in there and tap it. But. Um, so uh so anyways we digress so we do so how much uh, how much flour were we using i'm sorry two cups of flour two cups 
So that's surprising to me. Tell us more. Well, because our other recipes call for one and a half cups of flour and you doubled the butter. Uh, so I expected it to be three cups. But I'm fascinated. I think you need to use a little extra flour. I did put extra in. Just uh, it does say it does say two cups flour, add more if necessary. Oh, well, that means oh. yeah. So a texture. How much sugar and what types? One cup brown, one cup white. Okay, so we've doubled the sugar. Anything else interesting in there? Baking soda and salt. Oh, baking soda. So the other recipes that we've used call for baking powder. Mm. And we know Which that, is double acting. And we know that baking powder makes your cookies poof. And baking mm-hmm. soda lets your cookies spread a little bit more. Yeah, I think you're going to like the texture of these cookies. They are not poofy. Excellent. And our other Not that cookies, poofy is bad. And our other cookies were poofier. They didn't spread very much at all. So, um, so yeah, this is, a, this is a very different recipe, and it might be the world's best recipe. So let's Want to find out? Let's taste. eat our cookies. Let's eat our cookies. Yay. <laughs> That's what I usually say, Mom. Mmm. <laughs> mmm. Very crunchy. A lot of noise. A lot of noise, but that's true of a peanut butter cookie. And it kind of sticks in your teeth just a little bit? It does. Mm-hmm. Now, did you use crunchy peanut butter cookie? Of course. Crunchy I peanut butter? Yeah. Yep, that's important. Because you get those little bits. And you know what? I'm glad you said that because I wanted to talk about this. When I went to, I only buy smooth peanut butter for my sandwich making. I, I went to buy the crunchy peanut butter, and it said something like, extra crunchy super chunk like there was no possibility of just smooth or crunchy it had to be not only extra crunchy but super chunk well that's a new thing relative i just know i bet that's... I, I, I don't i don't know if it's actually any different i bet that's marketing yeah mm. but this is nice it's uh so it's got the little extra super chunk in it of the of the peanuts and the buttery, a little buttery taste, a, like a perfect peanut butter taste. And I'm wondering, how much peanut butter did you use in this? That's the million dollar peanut butter question. Mom, uh, do you want to tell about what your version of the recipe says? Well, I don't know. I, I said that I, the 12 ounce jar, and I didn't know. I said it, it says one cup of peanut butter or a 12 ounce jar. And I'm like, well, a 12 ounce jar isn't one cup. That's one cup is eight. Right? Eight ounce. A cup is eight ounces, right, Chris? It depends. There you go. Mine says 12 ounce jar, but as you have said, they don't even sell that anymore. So it's important to note that originally it was supposed to be a cup of peanut butter. So after you told me what yours said, and that there is no more 12 ounce jar. I weighed one cup of peanut butter on my food scale and it was about, it was just shy of 12 ounces. Oh, wow. Fascinating. So we, you have just introduced mm-hmm. two concepts. One, and I don't, I can't find out why we, we use ounces to represent both volume <laughs> and weight. It should be. It's just sh- so all packaging can say sold by sold by weight, not by volume. Well, but if you notice, then they have to say net weight. Mm-hmm. Net weight. So here we go. A twelve ounce jar of peanut butter is measuring how much 
space is inside the jar that you can fill with peanut butter. So in that case, you could put anything in the jar and you would have 12 ounces of that substance. Well, that's baffling. So you could you could put in water. You could put you in could put in feathers butter. and it wouldn't weigh anything close to 12 ounces. Right, because volume and weight are two different things. So fluid that are what, both measured in ounces. When a recipe calls for ounces, it's referring to a specific weight. But fluid ounces, like the peanut butter, is a measurement of volume or how much space something takes up. So if you're working with water, you're fine because one cup like practically one to one, yeah. One cup of water happens to equal eight fluid ounces of weight and volume. Water is, is, is the same. But we know that peanut butter weighs more than water does. So 12 ounces of peanut butter is not going to be the same as 12 ounces of water if we're talking about that jar, right? And 12 ounces of feathers is going to be even way even less. Plus the cookies would taste terrible. Yeah, they would, uh, the feathers would, would uh, stick in your teeth. No laughs, mom. Yeah, they make they would make you sneeze, but they have no business in cookies. <laughs> um, so um, twelve fluid ounces is the same as one and a half cups of something. Really? Uh, yeah, because by volume, because, because twelve uh, eight plus four. Yeah, yeah, eight plus four. Right. So one cup. According to, I've written to the National Peanut Board. Yes. And they estimate that it takes 540 peanuts to make a 12-ounce jar of peanut butter. Interesting, but I'm not sure how that helps. Well, uh, so then they then they have a standard weight oh, for that. Oh, okay. So one cup of crunchy peanut butter weighs officially 9.78 ounces. Oh, it was heavier at my house. Maybe maybe my cup was a little generous. <laughs> and a 12-ounce jar of peanut butter weighs 14.67 ounces. Wow. That's how much peanut butter you would want to have used. Well, how, how do you uh, figure that out? Bakers, if you, if you are baffled, yeah. I'm, I don't figure it out because, like, I have this cup. I don't have a scale, and I have a, a one-cup plastic thing that's for dry measure. So you want to use one and a half. Do you have a half cup? Sure. So yeah. I need to use all that peanut butter. So use, fill one cup with it and then a half a cup. Okay. Which kind of makes sense because that would be 12 ounces. But, but, why did, but why did I put on the recipe one cup of peanut butter and then write 12 ounce jar? Because I didn't know what I... Because your cookies taste delicious. Because it's a 12 <laughs> ounce jar. Because <laughs> that way you don't have to get your measuring cup right. messy no, you just scoop great. all the peanut butter out of that yeah. one jar yeah that was great it's like yeah. a life hack you know yeah exactly but they don't make the 12 ounce jar of peanut butter anymore so we needed to get to the bottom of it of yeah. the peanut butter jar if you will yeah yeah uh but this is a delicious cookie i i uh i think that one cup works in the recipe we might have to go back once again because as any good science program does, it raises more questions than exactly answers. We've got some answers, but now I'm left wondering, what would this cookie taste like and feel like if it had a half cup more of peanut butter in it? 
what we want our listeners to do is to to get a kitchen scale and weigh your ingredients. That's the best way for baking is always to and there are- weigh your ingredients. You, then you don't have to worry about sifting flour. You can put in a certain number of grams. But Chris, not every recipe has, you know, has it in weights. I know. I know. It's like I don't think Grandma Kay probably had a kitchen scale. Oh, for sure not. I'm sorry that I don't have my cookie lab mug. It's downstairs. Oh, oh yeah, Mom, did good you see? Plug for the cookie Chris lab and I mug. both have our cookie lab mug well, today. I'm so jealous because I have one and I could just, when you said, do you have coffee and and a cookie? I didn't think about the coffee. And well, you know what? Maybe we'll just have to have you on the program again. Yeah. She, you've teased sure. you've teased us with the gingerbread, so we'll oh, we might have you that's, back. That's a big job. <laughs> We're up for a big job. Uh, oh, such a big job in gingerbread season. We'll see you again, Joyce. Wait, please. Excellent. I think I agree. This is the best uh, peanut butter cookie that we have tasted so far. So awesome. Enjoy the recipe. Can we share it? Can we share it on our Facebook group? Please do. Okay. So it will be there on the Facebook group. And you can. And if get anybody the, makes it, they won't be disappointed. And they can write in and tell us how much they love it. And Sounds great. Until then, Jill, what do we tell your mom? Mom, keep your paws off my cookies. Okay. <laughs> That's what Cookie Lab says. She, say, she says stuffing says. the last of the cookie in her mouth. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody. We will see you next week on Cookie Lab. Thanks for having me. It's Cookie Lab.